Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. The scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. Danger can come from where you least expect it. On September 22nd, 2006, a pair of teenagers brutally attacked a girl they considered a friend for no other reason other than to see what it felt like to take a human life. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. The night of September 22, 2006 started out like any other in Pocatello, Idaho. The only difference for 16-year-old Cassie Jo Stoddart was that she got to experience a little bit of adult independence when her aunt and uncle asked if she would house and pet sit for them while they were out of town. I'm sure some of us can remember the first time we were left alone to care for a house. You feel responsible, older, and take the opportunity to play out the fantasies of what grown-up life can be like once you're out of your parents' house. It should come as no surprise that, around 6 p.m., her boyfriend, Matt Beckham, stopped by to visit her. And, a little bit later, so did classmates Brian Draper and Tori Adamchik. After giving them a tour of her aunt and uncle's home, the four teens went into the living room to watch Kill Bill Volume 2. Before the movie could end, Brian and Tori, who fancied themselves filmmakers, decided that they would rather watch a movie on the big screen and left Cassie and Matt to finish the movie alone. The young couple had no idea that, just before the boys left, they slipped down to the basement Cassie showed them on their tour and unlocked the door leading outside. They then got in their car, parked down the street, put on black clothing from head to toe and white masks, and went back into the basement, all while Matt and Cassie blissfully sat and continued to watch their movie. The plan was, according to the boys, to scare the couple sitting upstairs. So they started making loud noises in hopes that at least one of them would come downstairs. But when the couple didn't seem to react to their sounds, the pair found the circuit breaker and decided to turn off the power. Nothing. By this point, unbeknownst to Brian and Tori, the power outage did seem to spook Cassie a bit. And when the dog that lived in the house kept staring at the basement growling, her worries started to grow into legitimate fear. Matt noticed his girlfriend was on edge. So he called his mother and asked if he could stay the night with her to help ease her mind. 
Assuming his story was a ploy of sorts, his mother denied his request and instead offered to let Cassie come home with Matt and stay at their house for the night. That way, she felt safe and would be brought back to the house on Whispering Cliffs in the morning. But Cassie, knowing she was responsible for the house and the animals in it, decided that she would stay and politely declined his mother's offer. She had no idea that this was a life and death decision. At around 10.30 p.m., Matt's mother picked him up and Cassie was now alone in the house. Or so she thought. Pulling away from the home, Matt called Tori's cell phone to ask where he and Brian were to see if they could meet up a little later after their movie. When he answered, Tori was whispering so quietly that Matt assumed they were still in the movie and hung up the phone. Hearing Matt leave, Brian and Tori turned off the lights once again and waited to see if Cassie would come downstairs now that she was alone. She stayed put, so the boys went upstairs. It was unclear when their plan to scare Cassie turned deadly, but armed with a dagger-esque weapon and a hunting knife, Brian opened the door and slammed shut a nearby closet to try and elicit a scream from Cassie. Then, all at once, both boys, just juniors in high school, started to attack their fellow classmate and friend, stabbing her upwards of 30 times, 12 of which were potentially fatal. The body of Cassie Joe's daughter was found two days after the murder, and Tori Adamchik was interviewed that same day. During this interview, Tori claimed that he and Brian went to the movies after they left the Whispering Cliffs home. But when asked about the plot of the movie they saw, he claimed he could not remember. Realizing something wasn't right, Tori and Brian were arrested on September 27, 2006 and charged with first-degree murder and conspiracy to commit first-degree murder. Of course, each boy took the opportunity to blame the other, with Brian claiming he was in the room when Cassie was killed but never wielded his weapon, later changing his story to accept blame for the stabbing but claiming he only did so under Tori's command. He eventually led investigators straight to Black Rock Canyon, where they had disposed of their clothing, masks, and knives. Knives which were purchased at a local pawn shop with the help of another 18-year-old boy. Along with the items found buried in the canyon was a Sony videotape, which arguably held the most damning piece of evidence in their entire case. On it were recorded musings from both boys talking about their plan to kill Cassie Jo Stoddart, as well as recordings from the day of and immediately after the murder. On it, Tori confidently told Brian, we are not going to get caught, to which Brian said, we're going to make history. They referenced classic slasher films like Scream and likened themselves to serial killers like Ted Bundy, The Hillside Strangler, and The Zodiac Killer, saying those people were amateurs compared to what we are going to be. Laughing on and off throughout the tapes, the boys claimed that they always wondered what it was like to kill someone and how, on at least eight or nine other occasions, they tried to take a person's life without any success. According to the video, Cassie was chosen as a target the day before her murder, despite the fact that they both described her as a friend. Basically, the film buffs gave police every bit of incriminating evidence they ever needed neatly wrapped up into one VHS tape. The tape was obviously played during the trial, along with information from their police interviews in which Brian claimed to be inspired by the boys who committed the Columbine Massacre and Tori taking inspiration from the Scream franchise. 
On April 17th, 2007, Brian Draper was found guilty, and on June 8th, 2007, Tori Adamchik was as well. Each received a mandatory life sentence on August 21st, 2007, without the possibility of parole and 30 years to life for the conspiracy to commit murder charge. On their ride to prison, the boys exchanged polite conversation as if they were off on some school trip, casually asking the officer in the car if he would let them go and one of them using how just three days could affect the rest of their lives. In 2010, the Stoddart family filed a civil lawsuit against the Idaho School District, claiming because the film was made in school, they should have known the boys were a threat to others, that they, as a board, were negligent. Both the civil and state Supreme Court dismissed the case. Then, that same year, Tory Adamchick's attorneys filed an appeal to have his conviction vacated or changed to a limited life sentence that would allow his parole in 30 years. Brian Draper's appeal was filed the following year. The first appeal for both boys was denied in a 3-2 decision, but the high court did vacate Brian's conviction on conspiracy to commit murder, claiming the jurors were given erroneous instructions on that charge. The other convictions, though, stuck. Then in July of 2015, Tory was granted a hearing for post-conviction relief with the state 6th District Magistrate Judge Mitchell W. Brown. According to his testimony, he believed that having character witnesses in his trial would have greatly changed the outcome of his sentencing. But at his former attorney's behest, none were called forward. The judge denied his request for post-conviction relief in March of 2016, and Tory's attorneys attempted to appeal the ruling. It, too, was rejected on December 26, 2017. Undeterred by his past failures, Tory filed a federal writ of habeas corpus in January of 2018 and argued that the Idaho Supreme Court denied his first appeal based on a theory that was not presented to the jury. Feeling as though this, as well as the rulings of the Miller and Montgomery decisions, entitled him to a new sentencing. Those rulings, Miller v. Alabama, decided in 2012 that all mandatory sentences of life without parole are unconstitutional for juvenile offenders, even in cases of murder. On November 25, 2019, a judge, Candy W. Dale, denied the writ, and Tory continues to make appeals to this day. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on September 23rd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.